You're listening to the Uncensored Direct Marketing Show. This show is designed for direct response marketers who want raw, unfiltered conversion tips and secrets to scale their offers profitably to reach their next million. I'm Maria Sparagas. I'm the founder of Direct Paynet and your host. Now let's dive in. Welcome everybody to another episode of Uncensored Direct Marketing. Today I have Luis Diaz of Top 10 Podcasts, and we're going to be talking everything about podcasts and and how a podcast can actually be a great sales generator. Uh, And for full disclosure, Luis actually helped me launch my podcast. So I'm very excited to have you on, Luis, and kind of really geek out on everything podcast related. How are you today? I am awesome. We, we we overcame the Zoom debacle, so that was great. Um, no, I'm doing great. I'm I'm glad to. It's always good to connect with you, Maria. You know how it is. So, um, I've been looking forward to this. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I'm very excited to ask you all these questions, and obviously, very selfishly, gather some more information and intelligence <laughs> for myself. So, uh, Louis, just for our guests and people listening, can you tell me a little bit about like what you do and your path to getting to being the podcast king? <laughs> Cool. So, um, I will start with what I do first and we'll reverse back from there. So basically I run a a done for you agency that helps people launch and grow podcasts. Um, we've been doing about, for about five years, we're really focused on helping people get ranking. So get ranked in the top 100 or top 10 of their category, especially when they launch. So, um, that's really what we do in a nutshell. We do help people get on other podcasts as well. And then um, in certain scenarios, we will we'll dive a little bit deeper into what we're doing today, which is talking about monetization. So we can help people with that as well on more of like a consulting basis. But um, long, long story short, it's all things podcasting, starting, growing, launching. Um, that's pretty much what I do all day long. Awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I didn't, funny enough, I was more so in the direct response space um, when I first got started in, back in 2015, I would say it's 2015, 2014, leaving college. Um, I wanted to start like a, a personal training business. And then that kind of pivoted into seeing guys like Vince Del Monte and other big, big, uh, I guess, health and fitness influencers at the time make a lot of money online doing like the online personal training thing back in 2015, 2016. So that's kind of where my focus shifted. And um, back then I was writing eBooks. I was trying to figure out how do I like sell an eBook for 27 bucks and get like 17 affiliates to promote me and, and grow and grow that way um, on like ClickBank and stuff. So I know a lot of your listeners are, are probably familiar with, with that route or, yes. or have, you know, have experience with that. So back then that was my, um, that was my main focus. So uh, the, how podcasting kind of came in was realizing that after, after failing and trying for about 18 months, um, I realized I wasn't good at writing for content. I wasn't good at like at video content, but I could talk. Cause I realized when I would, I was still doing like the personal training thing more like full time as a, as a business, yeah. like uh, on the ground with people. Um, I realized when I got to one of the parties or I went to different places, I could talk my way into making money. Um, but I couldn't do it like online. And I was trying to figure out like, well, how do I, how do I take that? talent or whatever it is you want to call it and turn it into something I can monetize and sell more of my offers. Um, and that came through a mentor saying like, you know, why don't you start a podcast? Do you, have you ever considered that? And literally I bought like an $11 course that same day. He mentioned that and, uh, taught myself how to podcast, how to like start my own show and all that good stuff. Um, and that was like 2016, I would say. And, and that was that show fails. Um, and then I learned a few things 
through morally studying like the top shows in, in the, uh, in the industry at the time, try to model what they're doing, trying to figure out like what kind of titles are they doing? Like, how are they creating their content? And I relaunched that show and that show went from zero to like 19,000 downloads a month in a matter of like eight months. So that's kind of where I was like, Oh, like, okay. And I was funny enough, like, as we're going to hit on today, like I was, I was making offers on that show and I was making money from that podcast. Um, it wasn't much as a company, a thousand bucks, a thousand bucks here and there, but it was from like direct client acquisition for like online coaching. So yeah, that, that's kind of like how I started to think like, Hmm, like this is, this is pretty cool. I can do this. You know, I can, maybe I can turn this into a full-time business. Um, so yeah, it's kind of how it started. Well, I mean, that's, that's awesome. And, and, you know, we were connected from somebody in the industry that also, uh, I think it was Stefan, Stefan Georgia, who connected us, who also had started a podcast and so forth. And I mean, just kind of talking a little bit about podcasting in general, um, you know, podcast, you touched upon it. They, they have become an engine for generating sales and it's really direct to consumer. Uh, you're not paying affiliates or anything. Obviously there's content production and there's some costs there, but in general versus buying Facebook traffic or YouTube traffic or something like that. A podcast is fairly inexpensive to, to record and to put up. And it gives a personal relationship. Like for myself personally, um, people who come to me and ask for uh, merchant accounts or need some advice with their conversions, they're already sold. Like yeah. I don't really have to do much in terms of getting them because they've listened to a podcast. They've liked what I said and they've contacted me and then are just ready to kind of get, get started. So talking about kind of the monetization strategy from there, um, can you tell, just tell me a little bit about, you know, how a direct response business, let's say, for example, a supplements business or a coaching business or anything that we see commonly uh, in direct response, how can they use podcasting to, to monetize and make more money for their product? Right. Well, there's definitely a lot of different ways there. So I will break down a few of them um, and we'll go through each of these one by one. And cause I've, I too, similar to you, Maria, I've had a lot of supplement companies come to me and say like, Hey, we want to do a, something with podcasting. Cause we know there's something there. We know there's our audience. Our audience is on, is there. We just need yeah. to figure out a way to, to tap into that. So the first direct way, you don't have to start a podcast in order to tap into the power of them. Um, I was actually writing about this the other day, but like, if you're a supplement company and you want to get out in front of more podcasts, the obvious thing to do is to sponsor the, um, not so obvious thing or next, next, like the sponsor an actual podcast, right. Um, the better way to go about it would be to identify like, who are the, like the top, maybe five to 10 shows and then figure out how can we make an affiliate, make some kind of affiliate partnership with them. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing, the biggest secret I would say to podcasts and making that being successful at that is understanding what podcasters want. And every single person I know with a podcast wants to grow their show. So if you're an affiliate, if you're, if you run a supplement company, you've got a list you're mailing or you're mailing affiliate offers to, why don't you go around, reach out to podcasters and say, Hey, we have 10,000 people who are interested in health and fitness and are they're between the ages of 35 and 50. What if we sent a podcast, we sent like your podcast out to them in exchange for promotion on my show exchange for promotion of our, our product on the show, because instead of paying your hard earned marketing dollars, like, why don't you just organize a deal like that? If you're a sub sub company, it's cheaper for you. It's going to get you in front of their audience. Um, and it could build a longer term relationship. So, I mean, just thinking outside the box, we, we don't have to spend any money. We can just promote their podcast and say, this is one of our recommended shows to, you know, to our lists, which we've already spent money on building. Yeah. Um, cause every podcaster wants to grow. 
um, they, they want money too, like, like everyone else, but like, that's a, that's actually a harder thing for them to do. It's easier probably for them to make money than it is for them to grow up, get in front of 10,000 people that are yes. potentially you know, new listeners. Um, so just from, from a supplements, uh, again, like a direct marketing company like that standpoint, like, uh, and I'll give you, I'll give you some, some really good resources for that. Uh, a couple of good ones are going to like a show or a place called listennotes.com and actually typing in your keywords, like wellness. Um, you know, it could be just type in your avatar, like, you know, fitness for women over 40 or fitness for men over 50 and look at what podcasts come up, look how big they are and see if you can reach out to them. Nice. So yeah, the, the two I would go to is listen notes and chartable.com. You can see all the rankings. You can see, um, how big they are. Um, and you can, and on listen notes for sure. I know you can actually scrape emails so you can get all their emails wow. for free. Um, nice. and, and yeah, so it's a really easy way to do it. You need a VA or someone to, to, to tackle this, but that's the first way without even having to get sticky or get it too deep into the podcasting space. Just go reach out to those and offer them to promote their show. Okay. And then would you say that, you know, if, if you want to get a little bit kind of deeper, would you say maybe I know you offer and you, you promote having like being a guest on other people's podcasts. So like maybe instead of mm -hmm. launching your own podcast, you can try to be a guest. How would you go about that? Like, how do you get somebody to want you to be a guest on their podcast? Same, the same exact way, actually. So you have the step one is like, go like, see if you can do a, a like a CPA cost per acquisition kind of deal with some, some podcaster. The second route is like being a guest on a podcast but saying, Hey, we're going to be different from every other guest. We're going to actually promote you to our audience heavily, maybe for two okay. weeks or something like send like two emails. Um, and we'll feature you on our Facebook group. So now if I'm a podcast, listen, podcaster looking at that email, I'm like, okay, like I can get in front of 10,000 people or however big this person's list is, you know, and for us, what we found in our pitches that really works a lot. That works well showing okay. that if you're a guest, you're going to help the person grow their audience and you're going to help them push the episode is really big. Cause uh, a, a lot of people just want to get on podcasts and make it like a one-sided transaction. Like, yes, just, you, know, you know what I mean? So, so that's the second easiest way. And the, what we found too, is like the same websites apply, like going to chartable.com, listen notes, dot, listen notes with two ends.com really great sites for finding traffic and finding, um, podcasts that are going to be a good fit for you. Okay. Um, I, I would add also in there too, if you're going to send a pitch and we may have covered this on another, you and I off, off mic or something off camera, off camera. But um, if you're going to send a pitch, you want to send a pitch that's actually has everything they need to know in it. Meaning like you want to include things like what, sh what other shows have you been featured on? How big is your audience? What's your bio? If you're like maybe the chief of, of, you know, um, so of research, head of research at, at this, at this company, you know, let, yeah. note that down, um, show them that obviously you've listened to some episodes so that you, you have some context as to what their audience wants. And, uh, and yeah, those are kind of like the big key things I would include in that pitch. Uh, okay. that way it sounds really well written and you, the person knows what exactly what to expect. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I, I do get some requests, you know, I, I, I would say like every week there's somebody that pops in and says, Hey, you know, right. I'd like to be on your show and stuff like that. And it's, uh, you know, I, I love what you just said. I'm going to kind of write it all down and make it an email back to them saying, Hey, how about you, you do all this and then we <laughs> yeah. can exchange. So no, because I mean, obviously I want to promote my product. I want to promote my services, um, mm -hmm. you know, merchant accounts and so forth. But the goal of this podcast is to be informative and to be able to, um, you know, give value to 
our listeners. So I have to make sure that, you know, the same is happening for my guests. Right. So if you're not really giving me anything and saying, Hey, do you want me to be on your podcast? It's like, no, (laughs) you know, unless there's, there, there's something that we can do together. And, you know, usually uh, the best partnerships are when you're exchanging something, right. Not when one person's taking and the other one's not doing anything. So, I mean, that's, that's very interesting. And then if we take it like step three, just to kind of close the loop on this, once you Mm -hmm. kind of do that and things are kind of heating up and so forth, you know, the, the value proposition of having your own podcast, um, what are kind of the the couple of steps and things that you could do? Obviously you can reach out to somebody uh, like you and and your team, but like, if you wanted to just kind of quickly start and Mm -hmm. and test the waters with a podcast, what would be the first couple of things you would do? So the first thing I would do, if assuming we have like a direct response brand, that's already got, they have some audience, they have some customers. I would go out and just survey and look at like, ask my customers, maybe you give away a gift card or something. Maybe you give away one free supplement when they buy another one. Um, Hey, what are like the top three podcasts that you listen to? And just get an idea of like, what exactly are your listeners, are people actually consuming? And then if it's like overwhelmingly, you know, you have a lot of information, you're like, okay, great. Like from these shows that they've picked, we can kind of say that maybe two or three are kind of like recurring you know, we see the same two or three all the time on this list. I would test the waters and really get an idea of like, what are they listening to and where, like what platforms, um, when are they listening to them is probably a good idea. So just having some kind of small, simple survey, you can ask your customers or ask your Facebook group, or maybe if if it's even like a Facebook, your personal Facebook, like just ask people who are in your community, what, if they're your ideal avatar, of course, what are the podcasts you listen to? From there, if we wanted to test the waters, I would do something like a 12 episode run. Like let's, let's put together 12 episodes, call it a season. And then after that season, you can decide whether you want to just, you know, scratch it or, or, or leave it up or what do you want to do? So, um, and here's the thing too, with, especially if you're a direct response company, I mean, you probably know this better than me, Maria, but like they make a lot of direct offers in their emails and they make a lot of it like the goal is to make an irresistible offer. I think that rule still stands in podcasting where, you know, the call to action at the end needs to be like unique to the podcast listener. Like, Hey, if you are a podcast listener, then you get access to these cool things. Just type in the word podcast at the checkout. So taking nice. the time to make sure that your podcast listeners feel like they're being cared for and heard and that they have a unique deal you know, um, if you're already doing a lot of promos, then like, why not have a, you, a podcast specific promo? So now yeah. you can directly, you can directly track revenue. You can directly track, um, you know, you know, uh, opt-ins and whatnot through the podcast. So I think, okay. yeah, like if you're going to launch a podcast and you're a direct response company, the direct response, uh, nature of all of your copy and all of your content needs to still be the same. Like it, sure. you should, you should still make offers at the end. You should still, have really, really induced, like really, really good titles. Like I think sometimes direct response companies or from what I've seen, some of them get lazy in podcasting and they just like the titles aren't really, aren't, they don't sound like their emails. Like if you look at most good, like Agora, like their titles and their headlines are really damn good, but people click on them. Like your podcast titles uh, should be like that as well. And then the same thing should follow with your calls to actions at the end. Um, There should be a unique offer for the podcast listeners. So in terms of monetizing, that's what I would do. 
Okay. Well, I mean, that's, that's interesting. It's kind of like, if you're already writing emails and you're getting a good response, I feel like all you have to do is rejig that into kind of a short episode. Um, and (laughs) you know what I found with podcasting, obviously I do some long form interviews and we're able to chop up the content and use it as shorts, use it as promo material and stuff like that. But also sometimes we do, I do some solo episodes that are literally like five to six minutes and I'm just kind of tackling one thing and giving people a couple of quick pointers. And those episodes do really, really well. Just people want to listen to quickly, like, how do I do this? And I go one, two, three, and we're done. So cost-wise also in terms of me, like Mm -hmm. I've I've tested buying traffic and I've tested, you know, how much it costs me to put up a a podcast episode. It's a lot cheaper. And at the end of the day, even if you convert a little bit less, you could still, you know, create a lot more content for the price that it costs to to buy all these ads. So, I mean, to me, it's, it's a win-win. So I'm, 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 you know, I'm in general, I'm a big fan of podcasts. I listen to podcasts myself and then talking about listening versus watching and so forth. What I did with my podcast, and I think a lot of people are doing is they they just record themselves as we're talking, like right now we're Mm -hmm. talking, right? I have it obviously on the audio platforms, but I'm like, well, I mean, I'm already recording. I might as well just, you know, have the camera on and put it up on YouTube. What are your thoughts on that in terms of like the differences between the listeners on, on, you know, an audio type podcast, like iTunes versus YouTube? Do you think it's a good idea to kind of have both, you know, just general, Mm -hmm. I know that you don't, you don't focus too much on YouTube. You focus more on the audio side, but what are your general thoughts on somebody who kind of spins it off and says, Hey, I'm just going to put it up on YouTube. Uh, or it, do they need to do something different? You know, just right. general ideas. Yeah. So YouTube's optimal length from what I know is like 10 minutes, like it's like seven to 10 minutes, maybe. So if you have a long form podcast, the best way to use that would obviously like we're doing use the video, but also just take, you can hire somebody and this doesn't need to be like every single episode. Like for example, if you have been doing a podcast for a year and you've got all the video content, but you've never done anything with it, you can hire an editor and have them pick out like two clips from every episode and go and start the YouTube channel. So like, it's just like, it's just content, but I wouldn't put the entire episode on there unless it's like super short stuff. Like you were saying, Maria, like those five minute episodes, yes, which are awesome, by the way, I would put those up. But if it's like a long form interview, have somebody go and clip out three to 10 minutes of it. And then turn that into a YouTube driven or YouTube first kind of um, piece of content that has a very, a very like well-designed thumbnail um, and a good title. And then obviously it's got all the other like small bits and pieces for, for like increasing searchability. Okay. So that's what I would do. Yeah. Like, so you would, you would suggest basically using both channels. And I mean, even as you know, as maybe like, the background aesthetically and stuff is just very static and we're just talking in my experience, like for the YouTube channel, we have more people listening on, on audio, but the, the YouTube channel still, still gets people there. And there's still like, you know, there's still people looking Mm -hmm. for me there and stuff like that. And what I find is that at least just in my experience is we get less leads on YouTube, but um, they're more vested. The YouTube yeah. listeners are more vested than the iTunes and the uh, audio podcast. It feels like they almost have like a personal connection. I guess that's the only way, the only thing I can attribute mm. it, but they become like more super fans or more people who, who really, really want to work with me, for example, or something like that. I don't know if it's just obviously when you see somebody, you feel a little bit right. more connection. So I don't, I don't know what it is, but we get less listeners on YouTube, but for some reason they convert more. So I was just kind of curious if you had any insight on that phenomenon. I think so. Two things. Number one, I think the video is definitely a powerful piece because you're looking into someone's eyes and you're like, you're kind of going experiencing with them as opposed to podcasting is great. You're in their ears, but you're not like you have, you're not focused on them with your eyeballs. 
You know, yeah. so I, I personally, I think I, I, I would agree. That's one key piece. The second piece is that I'm, I'm assuming your YouTube pieces are that they're consuming are typically shorter. Yes. Like they're shorter. So they can go through like five, six, seven, eight episodes with you, as opposed to like on the podcasting side, they may spend 30 minutes to go through one episode. Whereas on YouTube, they go through maybe five or six episodes in the same time frame. Yes. I personally agree that I, I believe that shorter form content, like um, you see uh, Neil, Neil Patel and David Eric Sue's uh, marketing school podcast, it's like three to seven minutes. So if I'm driving, I can go through like 10 of those. And that's a lot of individual touch points because you hear their intro every single time you hear their outro, you hear their call to action and you kind of just go deeper with them as opposed to if I was just listening to one episode with an interview episode or something, it tends to, you tend to get more, I feel like you get more reps and you get more kind of touch points with that person through all those short episodes, as opposed to just one episode. Yeah. Yeah. So I like the short form. Well, I mean, the the one thing that we started testing not too long ago is the shorts on YouTube. Um, The shorts on YouTube are fantastic. We're just grabbing 30 second to one, maybe under a minute or so clips of answering one specific question. And people are really taking to that a lot more on the YouTube Mm -hmm. channel than they are the long form content. Um, But talking about long form content on audio, uh, you you said, you know, on YouTube, seven to 10 minutes. What what do you think is a good... um, length of an episode on a podcast and does it differ per platform? Like are people on podcast addict different than people on iTunes or, you know, right. Good question. So on the long form side of podcasting, there are like for, if we're talking to marketers and, and, and entrepreneurs, they want to get a lot of them want to get thinging it out. Yes. Especially if it's a tactical marketing sales operations kind of thing or daily mindset advice, I find that those kind of B2B experiences, typically they want their stuff, maybe a little bit of entertainment and they want to get out. They don't want to spend two hours to learn the thing. Um, and that's, that's just a general broad strokes, right? Like that's not everybody. If it's more of, of a B2C experience and it's, it's not so business oriented or focused, then there's, from what I've seen, there's more room for longer form content. Okay. Case in point, like we've got clients who do like, it's more like documentary style, personal journal type of thing where they're interviewing somebody about their story. It's like their life story. Those are hour and a half long ordeals. And they're interesting because it's like, you know, listening to what was one today about this woman's like, you know, battle with cancer and two marriages and all this thing. And it was like a whole hour and a half uh, episode, but it was not just like business tactics. So I think it depends on the content. If we're talking B2B, it's going to be short. It generally, yeah, my advice is to go shorter because I've seen a lot of shows do really, really well with that. Um, okay. That short form, tactical, like lots of episodes kind of content. Would you say like uh, seven to 10 minutes as well? Or would you make it like a commute, like 20 minutes? Um, I would say, I would say seven to 10. Okay, cool. Seven to and 10, yeah. do you find that it's different per, per platform? Just like, you know, for audio podcasts, is it different, you know, like depending on Spotify versus iTunes versus, well, iTunes, I, mean, I right. want to say Apple podcast, a podcast, but you know, is it different for the, the person uh, where they're coming from? Do you have any information on that? I don't really have any hard data on that. Um, okay. I mean, obviously your US and North, North American users are more they're, they're only going to be Apple users. The rest of the world is going to be mo- mostly Android. So depending on oh, what nice. country okay. you're in, yeah, depending on what country you're in, like if you're in Germany, then you're probably going to have more Android users on your, if you look at your stats, than okay. you are Apple. 
the buying tendencies of those two groups, I have no hard data on, on that. I will tell you from personal experience, we've got clients from Apple podcasts and we've gotten clients from like YouTube. When I go on like other podcasts and I'm on a, like a video show and yeah. I've, we've gotten clients like that. Um, okay. I can't speak too much of the same results for like somebody who's coming off of like podcast addict or Spotify, even though I'm sure it's happened. I just haven't yeah. seen it. My, okay. my own eyes. Cool. Well, so that that's, I mean, that's interesting. Obviously if you're, if you're targeting a more international, um, group, then maybe you want to spend right. your advertising dollars on maybe secondary platforms versus yep, yep. Apple podcasts and so forth. So that's, that's interesting. Um, yep, yep. In, in terms of, um, you know, podcasting in general, where do you see this model going? Do you think what kind of technology or, or things are you seeing in the next five years uh, in podcasting? Yeah. So that's a great question. The, the ability to run ads to podcasts is getting more and more advanced. So the tracking, the analytics, the attribution is getting more dialed in, which is great. So you're going to see more advertisers pour more money into podcasts, specifically like bigger podcasts, you know, like, uh, like, you know, your NPRs and your very well-branded, highly produced podcast episodes, you're going to see more of that because that's where the money is. I think also as a, as a, you know, smaller operation, like, you know, like, like solo entrepreneurs, maybe, maybe like one to one to $10 million businesses. If you have a strong community, there's no reason why you shouldn't have like a private podcast. If you have like a continuity program or some kind of like private membership, you could easily nowadays spin up a private podcast feed for those people. And then that's part of their experience or it's part of their membership. So you're seeing that happen as well, um, which has been happening the last couple of years, but the analytics is getting better, which is great because it helps attribution. Like nowadays you can put a pixel on your podcast and, um, and you can track the retention rate of, of certain shows. So I can measure like if this episode is increases, it has better retention than another episode in terms of like oh, getting okay. listeners to stick. So, so there's, there's new data and technology there. And I see that helping, helping more advertisers feel safe about pouring money into the podcasts. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where I really focus at. And then obviously there's a lot of, uh, as, as a podcaster, there's more opportunities now to advertise um, and spend money to grow your show because people are more and more realizing that that's a huge missing, missing uh, gap. How do you feel about, you know, Facebook lives, taking a Facebook live and make it into a podcast? Like, like if you were just starting and kind of exploring doing this, like how would you go about like on a technology or on a recording standpoint? Like maybe you can give us a couple of your favorite, you know, cameras and, you know, nobody's going to yeah. hold you to it, but a couple of things, but would you go on zoom and record? Would you use another type of software? What's, what's sort of be, I, I know I see a lot. What I see a lot is people recording on Facebook live and then taking it and putting mm -hmm. it on other platforms. I'm not sure if that's the best way to do it. Um, I guess right. you're the expert. Let, let us know what you think. Well, there's a ton of different services out there that can do it. I can stream like really high quality and allow you to go to Facebook or Twitter or other places. Um, I, so we use uh, Riverside. So Riverside.fm is a good place to go to check out. Um, that's definitely one that does like, it's like, it's like a zoom, but has higher quality recording uh, up capabilities and you can directly access your Facebook accounts. You can run, you can stream live on Facebook. That's oh, one. There's, there's other ones like, um, I, I've used, uh, what is it called? Not we stream. Um, I'm blanking on it now, but we'll, if, if anything, I'll send it to you later. So you can link it in the show notes, but sure. riverside.fm is a good one. If you're just doing the starting out, you want to test the waters, then 
the best thing to do, because most Facebook lives tend to ramble or people tend to ramble. They very few of them, people that I know are really good at getting right into the content. So if you're going to use it for a podcast, you're going to want to have an editor or you go in and cut right where you start talking about the thing you promised people and not waste any time with the, Hey, John, thanks for being here. Kind of, kind of stuff that you see sometimes, you know, or, Hey, make sure you hit hashtag live or hashtag replay or something. So, um, avoid all that stuff, cut all that out, get right into the content. The best podcasts I've seen are the ones that can get, can engage a listener within the first like 10 to 30 seconds. So, you know, having some kind of, you just having, just getting really into the content fast. If it says like, you know, how to forex your ROAS in the title, then you should want to cut into when you're talking exactly about that so that people, you, you kind of build trust with them because like, they just click the button that said how to forex your ROAS on Facebook. And now they're, they're hearing it in their ears. So now they've gained trust. Like, okay, this person's going to deliver. Yeah. He's not going to waste my time talking about his, uh, his life story. So I mean, basically the lesson that I'm getting here is, you know, go into Facebook live or or whatever channel you want, but then adjust the content for Mm -hmm. either YouTube or audio podcast or whatever it needs. You, you, you basically need, you know, uh, not necessarily the most skilled editor, but you need an editor, somebody who can yeah. edit the content and, and make it palpable for, for the different platforms. So um, in terms of like mic quality and so forth, there is one lesson, a quick, quick lesson that I have <laughs> about that is um, on like one or two episodes, obviously I just forgot to turn on this little uh, mic here and it was, you know, my computer grabbed it and stuff like that. And what I did notice is my Apple listeners, cause I, you know, we get mostly on Apple, but there's other platforms as well is they drop off like this. If my audio Mm. is is not crisp. So it's like literally like within 30 seconds, like just all the way down. Um, and it it cracks me up because I'm like, well, this is so such good content. People have like zero tolerance for any kind of interruption or something that doesn't right. sound crisp. So I'm just curious, you know, there's a lot of different types of technologies there's, you know, uh, for mics and so forth, but what would you suggest in terms of like average price point? What should somebody be spending to get a decent mic? You can spend a hundred bucks easily and get a good mic. This mic has been with me for years and it's always less than hundred bucks. I think now they have a newer version. That's like a hundred, 110, but it's well worth it. Um, they're coming out with better mics now that are in the two hundreds to high two hundreds where you can get a really clean sounding mic for that. And you'll, you'll be set. Like there's, there's very little you need to worry about. Um, a lot of these mics, um, I think it's called, this one's called the ATR 2100. Um, so if you look up like ATR 2100, ATR 2100 X is the new one. And then there's a, there's a one called a shore S H U R E. Um, sure. S I want to say it's like seven S B or something like that. But if you put like, Google or Amazon, like sure. And then, um, S H U R E uh, podcast, mic, it'll come up. Okay. And you should be able to see it. So that's a really good one. That's like, it's out of the box, 200 bucks. I think it's, it sounds way better than, uh, and guys, than most I, mics. I, I'm going to link these down below. And just for your information, Lewis and I are not affiliates for this. So yeah. that we're monetizing <laughs> no other people's stuff, but you know, yeah. it's always important for us to give good content, give people like some, some information about like how, how to get started and stuff like that. And I do believe I started this, this podcast on a whim. You were super helpful, Lewis, like you and your team. You. I, I mean, at the beginning, I couldn't even choose the music. It was just, you, you just literally said, Maria, <laughs> just do this. And I needed that. Right. Cause you can really get 
lost. I think when you're yeah. starting a podcast, like, should I do this? Should I go there? This picture that. So I think, you know, anybody who's listening, who kind of has a couple of ideas of like what they want to do or start a podcast, you know, even just a consult, I think with you, Lewis, like an hour could really just, you know, get things, uh, get your ducks in a row and really save a lot of time. So I encourage right. everybody, um, you know, I'm going to have Lewis's contacts and inf- information down below in the show notes, but if you guys, um, you know, are, are thinking about starting a podcast or have questions about a podcast, I always think, you know, whenever I'm starting anything new, regardless of what it is, is find an expert in that field mm-hmm. and just get an hour or two of their time. Just so I can skip over all the endless amount of Googling that I'm going to do in order to get there. Yeah. And, you know, all the time savings is well worth the money that you you would spend. So thank you so much, Lewis. This was super helpful, at least for me as well. For my podcast, you gave me a couple <laughs> of ideas. So I'm going to be taking Good. this out and, and doing some more. Um, and thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. You're so welcome. And thank you for bringing up the whole affiliate link idea. Cause that's another way to monetize. We, we touched on here. So obviously affiliate links is a good one. So, um, yes, yeah. next time what we'll do is next time we'll have another chat and we're going to have all these, uh, equipments. We're going to get affiliate <laughs> links for them and we're going to yeah. pop them in there. But for now, guys, everybody got this pro bono yeah. with no affiliate links. So we thank you everybody for listening and don't forget to like subscribe and share for more amazing content. Hope you found today's session valuable. If you have any questions for me or just want to connect, please feel free to visit my website, mariasparagis.com. That's M-A-R-I-A-S-P-A-R-A-G-I-S.com. I'd love to hear what you're working on. So drop me a line on any hot button issues your business is experiencing. And remember, don't worry about failure. You only have to be right once. 